Hello, I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, spirituality, wealth, and self-development. Join me in exploring paths to health sovereignty, freedom, and ultimate well-being with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the revolution. Hi, beautiful ones. Welcome to another episode of the Biohack Your Beauty podcast. How is your nervous system today? So if you're hoping to learn how to befriend your nervous system and how to live more productively, compassionately, calmly, beautifully, this is the episode for you. So I don't know about you, but I am in my nourishing my nervous system era. So one of the things that I've been cultivating is regularly stepping outside and exposing my senses to the frequencies of nature. So if you listened to last week's incredible episode, you may have learned that even the rustling of the wind through the trees, the chirping and singing of the birds, and natural light even on a cloudy day are some of the most powerful biohacks for anti-aging and longevity, for clearing brain fog, and for regulating your nervous system. So even five minutes in the morning makes a huge impact. I'm noticing the days becoming longer, the squirrels nesting, the birds migrating back, preparing to build their nests. I'm just noticing all of these beautiful things, even in those little pockets of time that I'm spending outside. And I'm finding I'm tuning in to the cycles of nature by being outdoors more. And this really got me thinking Wow, I receive so much from nature for my well being, for my health and my nourishment. How can I give back to her? How can there be somewhat of an energy exchange between us? And what I realized is there are actually so many ways to give energy and gratitude to Mother Nature. So, some of the things I learned. I wanted to share with you and this includes creating a thriving environment for the wildlife in our area and this is because animals that are native actually have a very important role in the cycles and regeneration of nature because it's a holistic unit just like our bodies are so when you support wildlife you're actually making a huge impact a positive impact on the environment some of the things that you can do actively include not trimming your trees during spring and summer that way nests are protected and safe This may seem counterintuitive because it's nice outside, you want to be in your garden, but this is actually a really important thing because so many animals are negatively impacted when we trim our trees during this off season. And if you have a gardener, please be really clear with them about this too. No trimming the trees until October, November. Also, using non-toxic pest control in your garden and in your home is really big. This helps to uh, let the animals be your pest control, right? Because birds, they eat bugs during the summer. 
And if you're using pest control, try to use the non-toxic version because really the toxic version does a lot of harm to the ecosystem in nature. If you have traps for critters, choose humane ones, not glue traps or poison. These have a really negative impact on the environment and also create animal suffering. And then plant native flowers and plants in your yard. These actually support the wildlife in your area. Consider keeping your cats indoors during nesting season. Cats actually kill billions of animals and birds each year during nesting season. And lastly, pick a day once a week or once a month to pick up trash in your area or at your local beach. This makes such a powerful impact just by doing this small gesture, maybe once a week or once a month. So these are all simple and small ways you can support the wildlife and nature in your area. These are things that I do. I love this. It really connects me more deeply to mother nature and really allows me to offer my gratitude for all that she gives to me for my health, beauty, well-being, and quality of life. I believe if we all give back just a little bit, we can really make such a big difference. All right, so on today's episode, Martina Buni joins us to share with us how to more deeply understand our own bodies and nervous systems to thrive in our businesses and in our lives. So we discuss how a regulated nervous system improves our businesses, our relationships, our productivity levels, how to combat procrastination, which is a really big one, how your level of prosperity and success are linked to your nervous system state, simple accessible ways to regulate your nervous system, how we can choose habits that serve us over the habits that don't, namely scrolling or eating things that aren't really that great for us, how nervous system work skyrockets our visibility and much more. Martina is the creator of NeuroVisibility and is a NeuroVisibility strategist who helps female entrepreneurs feel magnetic and worthy of being in the spotlight so that they can create impact and profit through the bold mission of their business. Her signature approach to long-term and magnetic visibility is about a stabilized nervous system. By becoming a captivating and nervous system friendly leader of their message, fempreneurs draw in more aligned clients, thus future-proofing, skyrocketing business growth. This episode is so good. So without further ado, on to the show. Hello, Martina. How are you today? Hi, Dora. I'm good. Thank you so much. Excited uh, to connect with you and your lovely audience. I am very, very excited to have you today. We are going to be talking about the nervous system and also some amazing related things to the nervous system. What is it that led you to really focus on the nervous system in your work? Yeah, thank you so much for this really good question. I just want to 
highlight before we dive into this uh, question where I elaborate on a bit. Uh, I just want to congratulate your audience for their impeccable taste to be uh, your listeners because I have been binging some of your episodes and I'm really a fan oh. of the whole topic and the, the episodes and the good mixture. So just want to highlight that and just want to say that your audience is in for a treat with you. Oh. Thank <laughs> you. I love it. We have an amazing audience, yeah. as you mentioned, and they are in for a treat. I think this is going to be really juicy. So thank you. Yeah, so welcome. Um, so my, my journey basically was a very long one, but to put it short, I actually, it started with me going into entrepreneurship because I have been in corporate for 10 plus years before I went a very linear progression of life right out of, of school then university grad school and then back immediately right into a corporate job where i thought you know this is my my territory for the next many many years ahead of myself and i didn't know anything else i didn't know like you know that self like entrepreneurship could be a thing for me so i just thought let's climb the corporate ladder and i was very successful in that so i had a management position in the end before I quit my job. Had I, I was leading 20 engineers worldwide and being in a very male dominated industry in IT and had been like taking on leadership, had no clue about anything. So I was just thrown into the, let's say, cold water and had to swim there and had to prove myself. And that really matched well my very, <laughs> I would say, male centered side or like, you know, where I'm felt mostly home in and was suppressing my feminine side because that was for me always a weakness in order for me to progress in my corporate uh, job. And then I moved continents, I married my husband and due to the move, I quit my job. And then I had the chance to start my own business because I was moving continents and I was like, I give myself the time to start my own business because that has been always my dream and obviously something that Secretly, I always wanted to do, but never thought how that put how that would pan out. So when I moved continents, I was like, okay, now let's open a really op like amazing book chapter for for my life, and started a business, and as a coach, uh, and this was something I had absolutely no clue about. So I did coaching certifications and learned amazing tools and amazing ways how to to coach people. But then there was also the business side to my coaching business. And then I realized then I had major blocks. So coaching people was something that I felt comfortable right, right when I started. But then, you know, really running a business, especially an online business on Instagram, was something that scared me because there had been this component of visibility that I had to tap into. And I couldn't really because I didn't really own my, you know, me being a business owner and having a message and having a niche that I, I love, right? So I just had so many blocks that, you know, prevented me from playing bigger, which also led me to not being able to go on a live stream. I couldn't go on podcasts or, you know, anything that was had anything to do with video, basically. So I was hiding behind writing content. And that was the max that I could do. And then I started a mentorship uh, in a mastermind program. 
with a very successful uh, business uh, coach. And she told me the one thing that I need to work on and do is going on live video. And that was a nightmare. I was like, oh, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It made logically sense, but I could not get my head around it. I remember I started my first live stream and I couldn't press the record button because I had suddenly no voice anymore. So my voice left me. I had a really hoarse voice and I was like, I can't do that. And I was like, it's almost was painful to speak. So I was like, I can't do that. And that was for me where I pulled the plug and said, okay, this doesn't, I can't continue with that because all the strategy that I learned makes sense. I could apply it, but then I can't because I cannot do the simple task. Simple. I mean, it's not simple, but I cannot like even go on a live stream and talk about my offers or teach something, right? Or share some reflections and insights. So and then I went down the rabbit hole of nervous system regulation because I have also been uh, doing a trauma-informed uh, certification a while ago, and I learned about nervous system work. And I was very desperate at that point. I didn't know how I knew that it's not the strategy piece that's a problem in my business. It's something deeper, and it also is not a limiting belief. I also knew this is deeper than limiting beliefs. It's also not my story that I'm telling myself because everything I learned in my coaching certifications and I did a bunch, nothing really helped me. And then obviously I went to nervous system work, did training in there. I read all the books, uh, applied this all with my clients, saw how that worked. And I was like, okay. And now because it works not only for my clients, it will also obviously work for me because I applied it to myself. And suddenly I was able to, to do the very things that scared me. Uh, and yeah, wow. that's how, that's my journey. That's incredible. I can imagine so many people listening right now can relate. I can relate too. Yeah. When it comes to that visibility piece and for you that really translated into not being able to be live on camera, where do you think that comes from? Why is that a block for so many people? I. For me and for many of my clients, because obviously then I attracted a lot of clients who, once I started to become visible, right, I, I attracted other sorts of clients. And then I saw that the, the theme in there. So for many, including myself, it starts like obviously very early on in childhood. But for me, a major issue was in school. Because there, you know, when you don't have your thing together, when you don't give, when, you, when you're not able to give an answer in the most eloquent, you know, exhaustive way, then you've been graded. You've been, you're getting punished if, if it doesn't work really well out. And I haven't been a good student, to be honest with you. I was just like, school was a nightmare for me. So obviously everything where I had to go in front of the class, present a topic, right, or whatever it is, a book, it was a nightmare for me. Because I was exposed and people could see me, right? And I, you know, had to speak and of, often without any help of any, you know, speaking cards. So that was, was, was very hard for me. But obviously this has been, this, this you can trace back to early, early childhood. So, I mean, I was one of five children and I've been always, you know, by my siblings, you know, not being taken seriously and, you know, being always laughed at. So I had a fair share of <laughs> um, issues when I was growing up by, you know, being not acknowledged, 
for who I was and, you know, not being seen as I was, being laughed at. So this built so much insecurity within me that if I wasn't among my friends or, you know, if I had to stand out somewhere, this was unsafe because it's, it gives ground for other people to judge you, laugh at you. And that was my nightmare. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Again, I, I can imagine so many people relate, especially to the school piece. And I definitely feel like a lot of our listeners have different views about kind of how the school system can improve because there are so many of us who have, we can call it trauma, we can call it experiences that really had a negative impact on us. But looking back, do you feel like it's kind of inevitable that people, at least in the modern world, have these nervous system issues? Or do you think that there is a way to cultivate that from a young age so that people aren't having this experience now as an adult? Yeah, I do believe it's both. So I think especially, you know, this is what parents can like would confirm as well but we can't like prevent our children you know from pain or let's say suffering right so they have to undergo certain experiences but i do strongly believe that we can cultivate you know from a very early age on within our children the ability to you know help them self-regulate by us being you know the co-regulating force in the first place and it doesn't only need to be the parents right it can be an aunt or um you know another kind of important uh caregiver so i do believe we can cultivate that from the beginning on because that wasn't my path you know like all my negative emotions that i was showing were obviously you know for many of uh the audiences uh, that might also relate to them right you know when i was showing up in my own emotions that were not joyful, but anger, right? I had so much anger as a child, then this is, this gets punished. So you don't understand that, you know, anger is, is normal, you know, you see this as something bad. And I think that's where we can start, you know, to teach our children more emotional intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And when you say you said self-regulate and co-regulate. So what is co-regulate? What does that mean? Yeah. So co-regulation is basically when, you know, you get support from somebody else. So in, in, the, in the relationship between a parent and a child, it's when, a, when the child is in distress, that the parent is here to, to nurture that child, you know, to take care of it, not just to, you know, you know, sometimes to brush things off or say like, no, it, it's nothing, right? It's just really being here and, and helping um, the child to go from distress back to a more regulated uh, nervous system so that it's like, you know, settling and not just letting it, you know, cry for hours or, you know, so that would be co-regulation. And self-regulation is what we learn through co-regulation. And many, many adults have never learned uh, co-regulation in the first place. So they lack the self-regulation and then use substances to as as a substitute basically yeah including and, food right food is something yeah, people use yeah absolutely food and everything that we just you know take to kind of you know fill the voids that we feel and scrolling exactly on scrolling. instagram <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly 
And this, by the way, has absolutely, I'm, I'm not an active user of Instagram anymore since I started my nervous system work a long while ago, because I have been like scrolling all the time, you know, and if I catch myself in those moments, I was like, okay, what's going on, right? And I tune back into my body, there might be something that doesn't feel good and where I need to give myself some space. And that's where you self-regulate. So when you have any kinds of emotions or distress in your own body, I would say that you are able to tune in instead of tuning out, because when we're so disconnected from our body, we lose the ability to tune in and receive important information from from the body because mm. you know the the body like like 80 percent of the information goes from the from the body to the brain and just the rest of the 20 20 percent that goes from the brain to the body which means if i'm able to sit with myself and just tune in then this is the first part of you know self-regulation yeah it's so fascinating i want to get into that body piece but when it comes to children these days, especially we are kind of preparing my, my fiance and I are preparing for that kind of chapter of our lives. And we have a lot of friends. And I think I see this on social media is that kids are really on screens all the time. Like they have iPads in their hands or that's part of their childhood, even from a really young age. I mean, from the moment they're born for some of them. And they say that that is so dysregulating to the nervous system of a child is having that stimulation from television Mm -hmm. or some kind of screen going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where we just, you know, encourage children and you know, even to be even more disconnected from the body and just resorting back into the, into the brain. And I mean, for the, for the nervous system, it does like scrolling on social media. I mean, even if I'm going now and check my Instagram, I can already feel what's going on in my nervous system. I can feel when I get into fight, when I go into flight or also into freeze, when I'm comparing myself with somebody and it's like, oh my God, you know, look where she's at or something like that. So I can feel the whole nervous system ladder that is in there, right? This concept of fight, flight, freeze, and then the rest and digest um, basically um, level. And if if we don't, you know, adapt this kind of knowledge and befriending our nervous system in that way and tuning in, then this has such detriments to our mental and overall physical, emotional, and also spiritual well-being. And as children, this is a total different um, challenge now that we will see in many, many years what is actually the, the, the effect on that, because we can see it already. And, you know, science and research already, you know, comes out with studies showing what, what that does. But I think many, many years later, we will see it even like more tangibly and definitely need to start, you know, stopping that um, so that we, you know, don't, you know, have just, you know, that it doesn't. Um, I know exist. you wonder, like, what is it going to look like in yeah. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years yeah. with all, because it's just a giant experiment at this point. <laughs> really, we have no idea what yeah. it will look like, right? We know, we know that it dysregulates. We know that it has an impact, but how yeah. will that manifest? 
Exactly. And I think it's important, you know, to that we start as adults because we impact the children, our children, or the yeah. children that we, we know and that we love as well, right? Doesn't need only to be our children. Well, we then also learn how to, you know, be with our children because we are in such a busy, noisy world and we ourselves, ourselves caught up, you know, even myself, you know, in being on my screens all the time. Yes. So Yes, absolutely. It is. It's, it's a big thing. And, and I heard this a while ago, it's that children before they will do what you say, they'll do what you do. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a parent and you have your phone glued to your hands and you're looking at your phone a lot, how can we expect our children to do differently, right? They're modeling us. They're doing what we're going to, what we do. And so it's just a really powerful thing to think about. Um, and that leads me into this because you said befriending our nervous system. So let's talk about befriending our nervous system and even diving a little bit into self-compassion and what that looks like. Yeah, perfect. So basically befriending your nervous system is understanding the language of your nervous system. So as I explained before, when you know, we, we, you know, when, when I go and unscroll social media, when I can already feel how my state is shifting. So your nervous system is responsible and triggering your states. And that obviously triggers action, behavior, stories, and thoughts and beliefs. So this is all coming from a nervous system. And sometimes we are know we're lingering too much uh, on the beliefs, like on a very conscious level, right? where we're looking for the limiting beliefs. But if we learn how to understand where am I with my, with my state, right? What's, what's where on the pyramid of um, the nervous system am I feeling most home, right? You can be more in the fight or more maybe in the freeze. And if I know where my home is, I also know, okay, um, what does that look like, right? Let's use the example for um, when you are in freeze, when you're very immobilized, when you feel like like things are hopeless or things doesn't make sense anymore, and you just you know look forward for the day to end, right? That's definitely when you're more in the in the freeze response, and that's the hardest part to get out of because you have to go up the level of you know fight and flight in order to get more energy because in the freeze, it's the bottom of the hierarchy. You have you are less energetic. You're more lethargic, and those are all the uh, characteristics where you know where I am at. Because it made for me all the sense to not judge myself, just to because I understood this is my nervous system, and there is a reason why it goes into these different states. It's because there was something that was not safe, or it goes into protection. So for me, that was the missing piece to understand okay this is not me or like i'm not a capable human being this is just my biology because my nervous system was shaped in younger years and now i have the possibility to rewire it but first of all getting the awareness of what my nervous system looks like how it actually you know responds to right because it sees things or it perceives things as unsafe that logically don't make sense but and that's why we caught, we get so caught up in because we believe like how you know 
how am I not able to to move through this or take this action? You know, why am I procrastinating on things or, you know, resorting in perfectionism? But in the end of the day, it's the nervous system that feels like unsafe to do anything else than, you know, making things perfect or ways to be to be ready. Yeah. And the procrastination piece is a big thing because so many of us are like, I'm so lazy or where's my willpower? And for a lot of the time, it's so much deeper than that. It's like this fear around taking the action. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, shaping and, and, and shifting your nervous system and uh, the whole shaping process is a very gradual process because it is essential to befriend your autonomic nervous system and autonomic already, you know, has the word in it. It's autonomic. It's not done by, you know, me consciously, you know, saying I want like now today I'm going on a live stream and my nervous system is shutting down. Right. So I have absolutely no control over this, but I get an awareness that there is an, that there have a challenge and then gradually I can start to understand okay what what makes me unsafe what can i actually do do in order to accomplish this for me for example it was that i asked a fellow coach to come on a live stream with me together so that we can have a a nice conversation that i interview her and i did this so often until i was so comfortable being on a live stream that i you know didn't need anybody anymore so an essential part is you know to start to understand when you are in a state where you are not capable of doing certain things or, you know, you are um, avoiding things, just understanding what what do you need in that moment? What what is it that you need so that, you know, you not necessary to do this certain task, but so that, you know, uh, you kind of start, you know, getting ahead so that you, you know, for, sometimes for me, it's like when I'm working for too long on my screen then I notice that I start to get fidgety, you know, I start like my, my legs are moving and I get like a little bit like antsy. That's for my, that's where I understand that I'm now going into a bit of a flight state or response because my nervous system just doesn't want to sit anymore in front of the screen. It needs to move. It has energy that it needs to just, you know, um, get rid of, so to speak because I've been sitting for so many hours in front of the screen. So, you know, then going and have a sip of water or just go to the kitchen or, you know, take a break. That's already enough for you to, you know, noticing what are some of the things that I might override with my, with my, with my brain where I feel like it oh, doesn't matter, you know. I just get ahead. So, yeah, and then... Partnering with with your nervous system is a two step process. So first of all, understand how it works, how it's how it's showing up for you in everyday life, and then also using this information to create a life of well being. As I said before, when I notice that I'm getting a little bit too antsy, um, get up and maybe drink a glass of water, whatever you need. You will always notice what you need in that moment, even though maybe your brain will tell you otherwise. You know, to keep working. But that's a question that's very, you know, easy to, to ask yourself and also to answer. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of us who, when that happens, 
we have habits that maybe aren't as healthy. So if we're sitting in front of a screen and we start to feel antsy, instead of going to take a sip of water, we might grab a bag of cookies or we might turn (laughs) off our work and, you know, watch TV or start scrolling. So what are some, like you mentioned, going to get a sip of water, taking a break? How do we kind of break that cycle of choosing those things that may not be beneficial? Because often that kind of sends our nervous system into another unproductive, unhealthy shift. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, <laughs> the bag of cookie or then sitting and then sitting on the couch away from your laptop, but sitting on uh, in front of your phone screen. So that's definitely something that you cannot like, you know, compensate one bad, like one thing with the other, because here it's just important to understand what can I do during the day? What are some tiny breaks uh, that really help me and where I'm also committing myself towards too? So for me, it is, I have, I have two dogs. So for me, I have to go outside with my dogs three times a day. But for me in the afternoon, when I realize that I don't have the energy anymore to continue working, I just grab my dogs and go for a walk. It's easier for me because with going for a walk with the dogs, there's a good reason to do so. But also like, you know, understanding what are the things that I can do. And this doesn't require you to go away from work for 20, 30 minutes or more. It's just like five, 10 minutes, right? Stretching alone this, you know, like for me, when I'm stretching my, my whole body, it's like, I feel energy is coming back. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm vital again. And, um, you know, maybe I'm just take closing my eyes for a couple of minutes, you know, yeah. and just taking yeah. a bit deep breath, breathe a breath. So it doesn't require much, but with my clients, I'm always asking, what are the things that you that you do that has nothing to do with your phone or any screens, right? That you can do by yourself with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that's so much about what biohacking is too, right? It's like, mm. what are the things that I can do that don't exert too much energy, but that can really make a big impact? So we talk a lot about nature on this podcast too, going outside for five minutes can really boost your productivity, your performance, your mental clarity, your energy. There's so mm-hmm. many things. Takes yeah. five minutes of choosing outdoors instead of your phone, right? Yeah. So it's like these little bitty choices and they compound over time. Exactly. And, you know, nervous system regulation and really shaping and forming your nervous system so that, you know, you get out of survival back into more a peaceful, connected state is not something that's highly complicated or complex. This is the, I always say the antidote of shaping your nervous system is complexity. So, and we have this tendency, you know, with all the tools and all the practices and all the information that we we see on, on social media to make it too heavy. Right. And like we get so over over newsed and underinformed in the end of the day because we don't understand what is actually good for myself. So for nervous system, the first step is just being aware, creating awareness. Right. So every single moment of the day when I get aware of 
uh, I need a break or I just, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding a task. Like just being mindful about those things. That's already a super, super helpful because we need to understand our own biology, you know, how it actually is wired in order for us then to rewire it. And um, the autonomic listening, right, to understand your own body better and how it's working is inextricably linked with the need for self-compassion because self-compassion is an emergent property of ventral vagal system and ventral vagal as you explained in your in a previous podcast episode so beautifully is the rest and the chest system this is where you are tuned to yourself and where you you know open to connect with other people and so this is the ventral vagal system and we need this because this is the the state where we are able to grow to learn and to connect to yourself and to others in mm. in a safe way so and self-compassion yes. is such an important component to this yes it is and i wonder even when kind of bringing it back to procrastination as well mm. with that like you said, I find myself putting things off and I know so many of us have that, mm -hmm. but when we put those things off, it actually impacts our nervous system negatively, right? Because then we have this thing that we keep putting off and it's almost like it's perpetuating that fight or flight mm -hmm. situation or that freeze situation. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the end of the day, one day you have to deliver <laughs> you have to do the task in, in most cases right um you have to do the thing and i have been the biggest procrastinator since school and i never knew that this is procrastination i never had a word to it and it took me some time also like you know sometimes i find myself also procrastinating and then it's like oh what's going on here you know why am i putting this off because of course it gives me discomfort, right? Now I have to do my taxes. Of course this gives me discomfort because I have to sit down and do something that I'm absolutely not interested at all in doing. So, but I have to, I have to be able to sit with this discomfort and really say like, okay, it, you know, waiting until the last day or like uh, that agreed with my tax accountant to bring that information, to deliver that, that doesn't help me because as you said, Dora, it's, exacerbating your nervous system state you know it you go in you go more into because in the last minute what are you doing you go into into fight right you go into okay now yeah. i'm doing you're sitting down for hours and then like you know do the thing that you have to do but it's and it, it gives a lot of like i mean your whole biology right with you know adrenaline gets boosted and it's cortisol gets also released this is such a taxing way of living because it's it's hard for your nervous system. It's hard for your well-being. It's physically, emotionally, and you know, mentally so draining. Even though many, many people say, and I've been one of them, I need the pressure in order to do things really well. Uh -huh. So I wait until the end. It's the adrenaline. Exactly. Yeah. So I was so primed for this because I knew that in the end I, I can deliver this. But I mean you can do this in your young years but then when you get older this is not the way how you want to live anymore this at least for me it was like i don't want this it doesn't feel good because in the end you always have in the back of your mind oh i still have to do this right yeah so it's 
it's not a good thing. And it takes all. away, right, from other other pieces mm-hmm. of your life because you have mm-hmm. piece of your brain and your mind exactly. that's still thinking about that thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And what I also learned just recently it was very interesting to read this in a research paper was that because your mind has to constantly store this information that you have to deliver this at this day that takes energy for the brain and that's also what gives you like sometimes bad night sleep because you might wake up in the in the middle of the night happened to me whenever i was procrastinating on important stuff i woke up in the night for whatever reason and of course guess what my my mind was bringing forward to my intention Ooh, it's coming close to the deadline and you haven't done anything yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I want to a little bit and ask you, how does then the nervous system relate to business, entre- entrepreneurship and prosperity? How are those linked? So for me, I always say that nervous system is future proofing your business. So whatever you do is always linked to your nervous system state. And I always also say that it is so crucial to understand, you know, in what state I am in when I am serving other people or when I am, you know, working on my offering or when I'm selling because the nervous system of other people, right? This is what we always say, like this, the energy that we feel. This is just one nervous system speaking to the other nervous system without our conscious awareness. And that's what we then say, yeah, this is the energy, you know, where I feel like, oh, beautifully presented, but there's something weird, there's something off, right? So the nervous system has everything to do with with the business. And especially if you want to grow something long-term and in a very sustainable way, it's always so important to understand that I don't want to do this from, you know, being constantly on my screen, working 24-7, not being able to take a break. Because right now we are in such a sympathetic, activated um, society and also in this industry when it comes to online business, it's only driven by the results, right? The big dollar signs and all this thing. And this is so activating, but in many cases, not only in an inspirational way, but in a, it, it brings us to a dysregulation and it feeds in self-criticism, low self-esteem because we don't match what we see in the outside. So obviously, mm-hmm. um, survival states always automatically activate self-criticism and vice versa, obviously. So if I see that I don't get the result, or I don't get the client or don't make my five or 10K a month or more, then obviously that feeds into self-criticism and that's where it's really hard to live from in this dysregulated state because we are not going from corporate or we go not going to entrepreneurship to you know have a lower life quality we usually Mm. want the opposite in a lot of women that i can see now going from corporate to entrepreneurship with the same kind of mindset and you know conditioned way of working believe that this is sufficient and entrepreneurship is a complete total different um profession total different (laughs) way of working and living so the same thing that worked there doesn't work in entrepreneurship and your nervous system when it goes into something so new 
And so, because as we know, it's such a personal development being an entrepreneur, because it shows you things in you that you didn't even know were there. Like all the self-doubts that you might have like kind of had under control, maybe in your previous jobs, right? Is now triggered because obviously now you're your own boss. You have all the choices, you know, and, but on the other side, you have also to pay the bills. So the business has, you know, so you're depending on your business to kind of sustain your survival. And very often yeah. businesses are too mature and that's where it is regulating. Yeah. It's so interesting to talk about co-regulation as well as a, as a mentor, if you have clients and you aren't able to self-regulate, how can you co-regulate with your clients as well? I mean, that's interesting thing to think about, right? Because as a leader, as a mentor or as a coach, you're a leader and mm-hmm. you aren't able to sit in your discomfort and move through that in a way that is in that vibration of a leader. How can you with your clients in a way that is beneficial to them if not able to learn that from you? I think that that's such a piece of mentorship. Absolutely. It is, is, this is so important, especially when you work with people, right? It's understanding that me being the leader, I need to be able to self-regulate and notice when I am in a conversation with somebody or when I am, for example, like coaching my clients, mentoring my clients, understand what's going on inside of me so that I can hold space for myself while holding space for my client. And that's not distracting um, at all because if I have a moment where I feel triggered, I always have the choice to take care of this after the session. But noticing that is so important because very often when we, you know, get triggered and we are just not noticing that what's going on inside of you, then we might, you know, project that to the client or might say or do things that create rupture. And rupture yes. is, is normal. It's okay. It's, it's, ne- it's a necessity of human relationships. But the most important component to rupture is repair. So I had that often in my own relationships with my clients. I mean, often, but I had it once in a while where I might have said something or might have looked in a certain way, right? When they were sharing something that might have created uh, a rupture in, in our relationship. Without me, so if I wouldn't know so well, like my nervous system and understanding that, you know, the the facial expressions of my clients when this shifting, right, that there is a shift of rupture here, then I wouldn't have been able to repair that right away to address this, right? To say, oh, you know, um, I noticed a shift within you, you know, would you mind sharing with me, you know, whatever. And Sometimes my clients were saying like, yeah, you, you looked a certain way, you know, and that made me feel like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that or, you know, made me insecure. And I could, we could address this right away. And that creates so much trust for the yes. nervous system of the client. Yeah. Yeah. And the trust is everything in a, yes. in a client coach or client mentorship yes. relationship. It's so big. So that, that piece of self-awareness is, is huge. And that's part of like about being able to notice that in the body and being able to go into the body and actually 
that sense of knowing what those signals mean. What does that, what does that feeling mean? Exactly. And being okay with, with what, what comes up for you or what you, what you notice within you, because we have all moments where we have shifts of our nervous system and just noticing that creates distance from, you know, going into any story or into any, any beliefs, just understanding, okay, observing what's going on here and what can I do? Maybe I just drink a glass of water, my example from, from before that can help, you know, and creating the awareness. This is, this is the most important piece of, of being a safe leader and being a, a great entrepreneur and being a genuine listener too. Because if I'm not busy with thinking what what cool thing do I say next? Yeah. I also tune back into my body yeah. and and get so much more intuitive um insights and this this very famous downloads what the, the coaching industry is always talking about, right? So I can coach way better. I can mentor way better. And yeah. I think that's what why people come to to us in the first place as entrepreneurs they want something from us because we can solve a problem so it's even more important that we solve that in a way that's safe and not more dysregulating so we have three questions on Mm -hmm. podcast that we ask every guest so the first question is what is your definition of beauty oh that's a that's a good question i love it my definition of beauty is having self-compassion. I really believe because the way how I am, the way how I live, and the way how I am with myself is showing up in my face, in my body, and it's just, you can see that. So that's what I would define as, as beauty, is having the self-compassion for my human moments. Mm. What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Um, the inner tip is definitely um, stay hydrated with, with water. That's, that's my go-to staple for myself. And the outer is, yeah, taking care of, of, your, of your skin. Uh, having a, a good, healthy skin routine. That's been something I have for, for many, many years and definitely preserves the outer beauty and obviously the right food for your, for, for your, for your system. Yes. And where can people find you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, people can find me uh, on, my, on my Instagram. So that's where I am on every single day and where people can learn more about me and my work. And my Instagram handle is femmagical. It's F-E-M and then magical. Amazing. I'll leave all the uh, links in the show notes so people can do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doron. Bye.